Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to the other stories. My name is Luke Condor, one of the many office underlings at the Hawk and Cleaver Towers who serves under Kez, our great and all-powerful leader slash managing editor. I hope you had a great time over last week's Halloween week where we released The Witching Hour, which was absolutely terrifying. If you enjoyed it, please consider rating and reviewing uh, in your favourite podcast app. It's one of our favourite things to do every year, but it takes a lot out of us. Um, and just getting some nice words and some nice feedback would be would be extra pleasant, let's say. If you're a writer, be sure to stick around to the end of this episode where we'll be inviting on writer and narrator Jasmine Art to talk about her 10 tips for writers submitting their short stories. Also, I want to give a quick shout out to a regular TOS listener, Torsha, who recently tied the knot. And I don't mean she tied the knot around some kind of victim's neck (laughs) I mean she tied the knot the wedding knot actually I don't know what the wedding knot is she got married basically Um, so a massive congrats to Tosha from everyone here at the Hawk and Cleaver offices Um, congratulations hope you have an amazing marriage and rest of life and honeymoon or whatever you get up to after weddings I don't know I hope there was some great cake and a lovely first dance so this month we're going to be revisiting one of my personal favourite themes, Post-Apocalyptic Volume 2. 
I don't know what it is about post-apoc stories that I love so much personally, whether it's exploring the world that exists afterwards, whatever uh, it's after, a big bang, a, a flood, some sort of uh, illness, or, or maybe I enjoy it because it's, it's nice to see the way in which nature reclaims old structures or the new ways in which people order, not quite people, learn to survive and thrive in the new world. Or maybe it's something to do with the quiet. There's an odd sense of peace in post-apocalyptic stories. Everything quietens, everything becomes much less complicated, and there's no office to have to return to. This month we've got an amazing bunch of creatives. Thomas X. Teller, James Dore, Paul Stevenson, Paul M. Feeney and Lewis Morris are on writing duties. A quick note, I just wanted to uh, let you guys know, Lewis Morris is actually his very first short story he's ever written. When we sent him his acceptance, he came back with, This just made my week. I am honoured and surprised that my story was picked for the Patreon episode, as it was the first short story I've ever written. No joke. Just in time for the spooky season two. What a trip. So it doesn't matter who you are, what colour your pen is, or what kind of paper you like to write on. We accept anyone, as long as the, good, as long as the story is good, and it fits the theme, and it mutates us into some sort of hyper-dimensional being. That's all we ask for. <laughs> Uh, we have, uh, also, sorry, on narration duties this month, we have Justin Fife, Georgia Cook, James Barnett, and Persephone Rose. Um, so, yeah, I hope you enjoy your post-apocalyptic stories. We've got a delicious platter of radioactive story content just for your ears. We have some new patrons. In fact, quite a few new patrons, all with their own super special superpower. Georgia Cook can turn water to wine and snakes into Haribo gummies. Jude Hawthorne can go into people's dreams and implant late-night TV show host Jimmy Fallon. Terrifying. Laura Kendrick can stare directly into the sun, and whenever she does so, the sun blinks first. Samira Dunbala, she has the power of echolocation, perfect for getting home late at night when you can't find the light switch. She... <laughs> She clicks and pops and hollers and finds a way around the, around the house. Chris Mallory can change the length of his toenails of his mind. STFU Donny PLC has the power <laughs> has the power to bowl a perfect 300 and he uses that power to fight evil. And lastly, Carly Hood, who can climb into people's headphones when they're not looking and give them a surprise wet willy when they put the headphones back on. Amazing. If you'd like to join our amazing superpowered patrons and find out what your own superpower is, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver, where we've just published a brand new Patreon exclusive episode. It's called Muse, and it's about a man on a deep space rescue mission who is not as alone as he imagines. But that is not good news for either him nor his uninvited guest, a parasite of the mind. It's written by Liam Hogan and narrated by Jasmine Arch and edited by Carl Hughes. Speaking of patron, uh, we have made a few changes to our Patreon um, rewards and tiers. There's now merch available, there's short story and podcast uh, critiques available. We're building out our Hawk and Cleaver exclusive library currently there's about 40 to 45 exclusive episodes in there there's a new exclusive episode every single month all the episodes on there are ad free and you get the regular episodes a week early and we're trying to our big aim is to try and get to 500 dollars a month and i know it's massive during these most spookiest of times we are leveling up our game 
So if you've enjoyed any of the podcasts we've produced, the books we've published or the comics we've released, now's the time to show your support. Over the last six years, we've published almost 400 episodes of fiction written by almost 100 writers and narrated by an amazing team of voice artists based all over the world. We've won awards, topped charts, and have released lovely hardback books too. And with your support, we'll be able to up our pay rates for our contributors. We're always trying to work towards that professional rate uh, so we can pay our contributors fairly and properly. Um, Number two, create extra bonus content for our most loyal of listeners. We have some things in mind. We're thinking uh, flash fiction stories or drabbles, as they're called, or some sort of uh, monthly Q&A sort of episode. And also, free, we also want to evolve into hyperdimensional super beasts, which I've mentioned this many times on the show. It's It's a big goal of mine. Some people want to run a marathon. I want to evolve into a hyperdimensional super beast. Our goal is to hit $500. It's pretty much impossible, I would say, but you don't get to evolve into a hyperdimensional super beast without putting yourselves out there, right? Also, if you pledge at a $20 or more amount between between the 25th of October and the 8th of November, you will get a limited edition The Witching Hour t-shirt. It won't be available anywhere else, so this is the only place you can do it. Uh, it's all available at patreon.com forward slash hawk and cleaver. Also, just to note, we have changed our, our reward tiers to Patreon, uh, but don't worry if you've already pledged, then nothing will change for you at all. We've just added um, some extra uh, perks, like uh, a mug that you can get hold of. If you subscribe at £15 a month, you'll get a mug, a sticker, a poster, a t-shirt. It's kind of like the merch uh, the merch reward tier. Uh, and there's also the, um, the aforementioned short story or podcast if you're a creative and you want uh, a second pair of ears fixed to your head. We will, we will knit those on for you. But lastly, today, um, I wanted to invite writer and narrator Jasmine Arch onto the show. Jasmine, uh, out of maybe anyone I know, is the most clued up when it comes to uh, working the short story marketplace in the sense of writing lots of short stories and submitting your short stories out to various markets, um, racking up those uh, acceptances and rejections and working that game because it is a game and it, uh, there's a lot to it and I invited her I've invited her on today to give her 10 tips for writers submitting their short stories now if you have a question for Jasmine let us know and we're going to try and do a kind of um, agony aunt is that what it's called agony aunt kind of thing where uh, people maybe send in a question or an issue that they're having I can't get my uh, capital caps lock button to work on my computer maybe maybe not that question but whatever question you've got send them in and uh, we will pose them to jasmine and see see what she recommends over to jasmine for her 10 tips for writers submitting their short stories Well, if you write short stories and you want to start getting them published or want to start getting more of them published in different places, here's my top 10 tips for how to go about that. Number one, prepare yourself for rejections, lots of them even. You can't learn how to box without getting punched in the face a few times. But boxers have one thing going for them. They actually learn skills to dodge those punches. We writers have got to roll with them. The competition is huge, especially for markets paying writers at Sifwa Pro rates, which is 8 cents per word or above. 
Hundreds of stories get sent into these markets and they have space for maybe 10 of those, if it's even that much, which means less than 10% of submissions make it out of the slush pile. Which brings me to number two. With number one in mind, you must remember a rejection is not a reflection on the quality of your work. A lot of factors play into the tough decisions editors make. Beyond quality and taste, they have to worry about a lot of other things as well. They need to provide variety to their readers. If they just published a dark Hansel and Gretel retelling, yours, no matter how genius it is, won't have much of a chance. Then there's story length. Even with markets that allow for a wider word count variety than the other stories, they have to be mindful of the length. A print magazine needs to stick to a certain number of pages, for example, and if their next issue only has two blank pages left, they won't have room for your 10,000 word masterpiece. It's not just a matter of hitting the right editor's desk, but you need to do it at the right time too. Which leads me to point number three. It's a numbers game. The more stories you can send out to places, the higher your chances of finding that right desk, right time, sweet spot, which means you need to make the most of your backlist. If a rejection comes, just send that thing right back out there as soon as you can. It's not going to do you any good sitting in a folder on your hard drive. Unless the rejection comes back with some feedback you think you can use to make your story stronger, or maybe you've had 10 rejections on a story and you want to have a look at it, because of course we always grow as writers, so maybe one year or two years down the line, you do have the skills to make that story better. Bear in mind though that any editor's feedback is based on the thoughts of that one editor. If they say they want more world building, that doesn't mean the next editor will feel the same way. Point number four. Where do you find these markets? There's a few places, actually. Your own community of writers is a great place to start. And if you haven't found one, go out and search because it is so valuable to any writer's career. You can exchange tips. Um, you can exchange feedback you get from different editors so that you maybe can familiarize yourself with their preferences even if you've never gotten that feedback yourself or even if you never submitted there yourself before. You can keep each other posted on which market opens for submissions and which is about to close, if any new ones pop up, etc, etc. And your fellow writers will also commiserate with you as the rejections come in, which they inevitably will. But there's more. Um, a lot of fellow authors and publishers are present on social media as well, where they share tips and encouragement. For a more structured approach to finding markets, there's databases such as Duotrope or the Submission Grinder. I've never used Duotrope myself, basically because I'm too stingy to pay for what the Submission Grinder can do for free, but I've heard lots of people attest to its usefulness. Um, but I mean, having never used it myself, I can't exactly tell you how it works and what the precise features are. The Submission Grinder, on the other hand, is my go-to. It will not only help you find markets through very specific search parameters such as genre, word count, pay rates, and you get to like enter some keywords. Um, you can set market preferences. You can blacklist certain markets if you um, know you're never going to qualify for them anyway. For example, if um, the market is a limited demographic and you don't fit 
that specific demographic. And then what it will also do is allow you to log your stories and track the markets you've sent them to, as well as comparing your submission status to other logged submissions at the same market. You can even track whether or not you've received your payment and how long your story will have to stay exclusive before you can start submitting it to reprint markets. Point number five. So once you've picked a market, which is excellent, by the way, now it's time to read the guidelines carefully and attentively. Some markets specify a certain theme or only accept submissions from a specified demographic, as I already mentioned before, like, say, black, indigenous or people of color, for example, or trans folks or women or people from a certain part of the world. Um, Strange Horizons, for example, one of my dream markets, um, which I have yet to crack, just did a special issue focused on poets from Southeast Asia or the Southeast Asian diaspora. Um, then you've got anthologies like Disabled People Destroy Fantasy, Women Destroy Science Fiction, etc., etc. If you don't meet the requirements for a market, whether it's based on demographic, story length or other requirements, other options might be that they prefer stories with no violence, no profanity for example, just don't submit. There's plenty of other fish in the sea. A few more things to look out for are hard sell lists, which a lot of magazines make available, meaning your story will have to be exceptional if it fits into that list, or they're just not going to accept it. A lot of places also give an estimated response time. Whether or not that is accurate remains to be seen. And in this respect, the grinder again comes in quite handy because it provides you with the average response times of each market um, based on what people have logged for that market. And then point number six. You definitely need to look out for dodgy contracts or fine print, like by submitting my story, I give the publisher permission to use my work for promotional purposes, or if accepted, copyright for my work will be transferred to the publisher, um, and other very iffy practices. The submission grinder will notify you of that in their listing if they've been warned about this, and they welcome people alerting them to these practices whenever you encounter them. Number seven. Many markets will also include specifications such as no simultaneous submissions, meaning if you've submitted your story to them, they want you to submit it nowhere else until they give you your reply. Um, some markets tell you to query them if they haven't gotten back to you within a certain time span. Things like that are all pretty useful to know. Point number eight. Does your story fit the guidelines and specifications? Send it. A lot of markets advise you to read their publication to familiarize yourself with the type of work they publish, but you might just surprise them with the story, unlike anything they've ever published before. Do not, I repeat, do not self-reject. Um, I also believe it's quite impossible to actually read every single magazine I submit to because there's a lot of them out there and not all of them are free um, and, well, basically, I just have a limited budget and a lot of us do, and that is totally, totally fine. Tip number nine. After you get a story accepted, go over the contract with a fine tooth comb. I know you've already read the guidelines, but you need to read this as well, and this is way more boring. Um, but the story you're licensing them to publish is your intellectual property and as such it has value. Some markets take 
perpetual exclusivity, for example, meaning you can never get it published elsewhere. Um, sometimes they even take first rights in all formats, including those not invented yet. Um, don't fall into traps like that. If you don't know how to navigate a contract, find someone willing to help you. Again, your writing community will be invaluable in situations like these. And finally, number 10. After you get a story published, don't retire it. Lots of markets will accept stories that have been previously published, sometimes at a lower pay rate than the ones they can buy the first rights on. But it's not only another dollar in your tip jar, it's also an opportunity for readers to get acquainted with your work. Look at foreign markets for your reprints too. Douglas Smith keeps a list of foreign markets with access to translators, allowing them to accept English language submissions. These often won't pay, but again, it is more people reading your work and potentially more readers who encounter your name in a bookstore or while scrolling through Amazon and thinking, hey, I remember that one story by this person. I mean, come on. Doesn't it sound totally badass to say your work's been translated into Latvian or Portuguese or Spanish? I mean, I'll take it. So I'm going to stop here, um, basically because Luke put me on a time budget, um, which is probably smart of him. Listen, I'm not going to claim that getting your stories published in magazines is the only way to be a real writer. There's no blue fairies and I'm a real writer moments. It won't cure you of imposter syndrome or make you rich. But at the same time, for many of us, there's nothing like seeing our stories, finding their way out into the world and having people enjoy them. So if you've been writing stories, why not make them the best you can and send them out there? And I'm still talking... So, this is your friendly neighbourhood jazz saying goodbye and may the odds be ever in your favour. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.